Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. I didn't think we were going to spend more than an episode on mission. And I certainly, and I said this back, was it season one or season two, probably season two, where I was like, I think this is going to be the only time I'm going to talk about indigos and crystals and star seeds. And then it snuck in and here are here we are again. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> but why? Indigos have been coming in since roughly 1945. And they no longer come in, but we have been, and they represent this big shift in consciousness that we, you know, that we've all have been awaiting and all have been predicting and all are pretty much in body in this lifetime for, right? And all these other sort of quote unquote souls, you know, the crystals who supposedly vibrate higher and some are said to be telepathic, whatever, or can move objects. I mean, I don't know, maybe they can teleport too, who knows? And the rainbows and the star seeds, you know, that's going to be entering into more mainstream spirituality. The conversation around star seeds is definitely... So am I a star seed? Do you want to have this conversation? Yeah, I'm just curious. Well, if somebody has mission, yeah, then yes, they are, yes. But not everybody who is a star seed is on mission. Well, sorry, okay, <laughs> what is a star seed? So a star is. I don't know any of these words. So, but we indigos. Where, I know where now. you're here when we record the episode? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> indigos, I'm with you on. Right, because we right? had that conversation. We've done that, and I just imagine a hippie, and half my friends. So I can I understand indigos. Crystals and rainbows are just the younger versions. Who vibrate higher. I mean, the indigos, it's always all about their aura color is why they were called what they were called, right? So you're just looking at higher harmonics and vibrations. And so when we talk about a higher vibration, a higher vibrational person, it really has to do with, okay, well, their energy, since we're all energy, that they lack density, right? So, and density, as we know, marks 3D separation. So the denser your energy is, the more in separation you are. The less density you have, the higher you vibrate, the more of your divinity you can experience. So you can imagine that the crystals don't necessarily, they wouldn't have the same vibrational energy of the warrior indigos because that's what they're here for. The warrior, the indigos were here to really break down structures and to sort of help facilitate and lay the groundwork for future change. It really wasn't about change in the very moment. I think some definitely believed that, but it was really about like, we're allowing these structures to come down piece by piece and sort of dismantling over a few generations. Now, star seeds, not all indigos were star seeds, just like not all crystals are star seeds. Star seeds are very specific souls whose origins are other planets or star systems. And the conversation around star seeds and the definitions and um, oh, yeah, we all spoke of that. about this actually in season two. Go we on. did, yeah. So now your memory's refreshed. I that, yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're somewhat dismissive of the whole conversation, <laughs> which is fine. I don't expect people to. Um, I just think that everything is a. Sometimes it can be a story that you can get lost in, but we're here, so that's what matters. Very much, and I agree with that. Now, I've heard of. There are people out there with other podcasts, you know, spiritual healers and stuff like that. And they, you know, some, I, there was one in particular, I listened to her story about how 
when she did her soul origin work, something clicked for her, right? And made sense. And somehow that shaped how she viewed her work. I thought, well, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's really just like any origin story, like why people want to do 23andMe because they really want to understand their you know, their ethnic heritage. Yeah, but side note, when I did 23andMe, the first time around, it gave me all these different ethnicities. And then it goes, we've updated our systems. You're now 100% just this. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about that. Well, anyway, I think as on. we pointed out in that previous season, it's still just labels. Right. I mean, it's still separation. It's like saying, you know, I'm from California, but my mom's from the Philippines. You know, my DNA speaks to something a lot broader than just where I was, you know, where my human form was born. But then how does it work? Because isn't isn't the fact that there's a distinction between mission and purpose also separation? No. Purpose is very much everyone's it's everyone's right it's a way as ellen describes it's a way of being it is who we are it's how we express ourselves and in this lifetime it's really about how do we serve the collective and so when we talk about indigos crystals rainbows star seeds etc you can imagine that their souls are so specific to servicing the collective why because their vibration is really helping raise Earth's vibration to enable our move into oneness, you know, fifth dimensional oneness consciousness. Okay. Yeah. We've really gone out there, but okay. We have. (laughs) Maybe I should, maybe we should have like started off with this, this, this episode might seem a little out there. (laughs) I've just, I'm finding that out myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you read the outline. (laughs) I mean, yeah, clearly not more as in depth as I should have. Continue. (laughs) So then what is the difference? I'm feeling a little attacked now, right? Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm kidding. So mission, as we, as we kind of, we touched upon it, but mission really is very specific to a particular knowledge base, right? Again, that's just not a huge percentage of us, but it boils down to a couple of things that we teach that the divine resides in all things. Okay. And that we recognize that the divine resides in all things. Okay. Which sounds really obvious. If somebody's listening to this podcast, they might've already kind of somewhat had that idea. So they might think, well, maybe that means I'm mission, but that's not necessarily the case. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm like full of spiritual speak, which is kind of circular and like, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, keep going. Cause I'm, I'm learning because it can be part of your purpose, but that knowledge doesn't necessarily dictate or become your purpose. To be honest, speaking very frankly, if you're not on mission, throw a party about it. <laughs> you can just Sorry, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Pretty much. All the time. If you're on mission, mm-hmm. you can do whatever the fuck you want to do all the time. But you, all you want to do is the specific thing. <laughs> that's how I would describe it differently. I actually think that's a really good description. While your purpose is here to serve the collective, you can do that in myriad ways. Just by being you and sitting at home if you want to. Exactly. But the point is, even if you're serving the collective, and now here's the distinction, not everybody is necessarily working towards oneness in that service to the collective. And that's a really important distinction. Okay, what do you mean then? I mean, it could be that they're working towards healing, but that could be healing around a very specific trauma or issue, but that's not necess- that still skirts the oneness concept. Okay. So 
mission is very specific to oneness. I mean, we're really 3D to 5D, 5D to 3D. We're bringing heaven and, you know, on earth. We're, you know, we're creating this oneness. And Rhea, it's important because you're going to be looking at large swaths of future, near future generations coming in. And the mission of your particular generation and of Gen Zers is to lay the groundwork for them. That's a big, big job. And how you lay that groundwork has everything to do with how much you are able to seed God consciousness on this earth plane and how much separation can be mended in time for those souls. That's big. And that's why we had to talk about star seeds because many of them will be. And so why we have to talk about this today, why we have to devote half an episode at least to this discussion has a lot to do with the fact that they will be seemingly so different if the world is not ready for them. Not just that vibration, but their language, their way of being will be so seemingly unique. Yes, purpose, you could sort of see our existence is three-pronged, you know, it's a great way to say it. It's like, yes, it, it's this, it's this, it's this, it covers so much. And purpose is, you know, you could all boil it down to purpose. And that's beautiful because that's very necessary. And that's something that, again, I think Ellen said in one of our videos, it's enough. Like you said, throw yourself a party and enjoy it. Because if you can get to that point of freedom and just be in purpose, you're good. Mission specifically, we are here to lay the groundwork for that generation more than anything. We are here to speak the language of the divine to the best of our ability in such a way that we do not polarize massive groups of people so that we can introduce these concepts in a way that are palatable so that people can begin to recognize the divine within. And the moment they do that, then we know the world can change. And that would be enough. That would be enough for these younger generations, these future generations to come in and do the work that they need to do. What do they have to do? They are the builders. They're the builders of the new world. But it's not to say we're not helping build the foundation for what they're building. Mm. That's very necessary. We said in a previous episode when we talked about consciousness and the distinctions of the levels of consciousness and how there's that one level, you know, it's enough just to kind of get to full body consciousness. Which is mental, emotional, and physical. There is... That sort of next step in consciousness, which is higher consciousness. And that's really when everything is aligned with your spiritual body. And that is really knowing that the divine exists within all things and that you yourself are divine. We're not here to like boost people's ego or feed no. them or make because them Because I think feel. that's what's happened. Yeah. Like it so does. many times you get told you're special and then you find out you're not. So, well, or um, the way that, you, or I don't know if it's that you find out you're not as much as you think the thing that made you special is not the thing that made you special. Yeah, maybe. True. Because I do feel we are all special. Everyone's special. Because when we come out of separation, again, when we've ended our karmic game and stuff, and we sort of enter that nothing in the void, and we're in that place, the one thing that we end up having to face after that, after all of that, is detachment. Yeah, I do. So when we're in that nothing place, right? What we kind of tend to do is we tend to kind of grasp. We're grasp. We start to grasp at old relationships, old things, like old friendships, old practices. Like this is what I used to do. This used to make me feel better. I'm going to go try that. Now I'm going to go do all these things that really hearken to my past that have nothing to do with my present, but because I have nothing in my present right now, I'm just going to go try that. But we might find that none of that works or doesn't really feed us or fuel us or make us feel better like it used to. That's when we start to kind of realize that, wow, my old life does nothing for me. 
I can't attach any significance to it. And that's when the detachment process comes. I know there are a lot of spiritual influencers and people that love to talk about letting go. And as we've discussed, letting go is a great challenge for many. It doesn't come naturally to our human selves that can't live without something, can't live without someone. And it's also not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you there. Letting go is just not the point. Mm-mm. Because letting go is telling yourself what you've experienced, what you're currently experiencing is wrong. Therefore, you're keeping yourself in separation. Mm-hmm. Something hurts you. It's because it's still left to be healed. It's still left to be recognized yes. and held on to. Literally the opposite of letting go. Yeah, exactly. Because when it doesn't serve us anymore, when it's done or the contract is finished. You just know it. You're just done. Exactly. It, and there's no just... reason to quote unquote let go because there will be nothing to let go of. It's just so then. easy. And I just think for me, when you talk about detachment, it's really simple. And it's kind of from that letting go thing. Yes. When you know that you have no other option mm-hmm. but to do whatever it is, whether it's as simple as send a message to as big as move country, let's say, mm-hmm. you're okay with whatever happens next because mm-hmm. you can't do anything otherwise. Yeah. And I think to me that's how I would describe detachment. Mm-hmm. It's that I have to do this. I am so attached to me mm-hmm. and me and my integrity mm-hmm. that I don't care what happens. I mean, I care what happens next, but I'll be okay mm-hmm. regardless of what happens next because I am being true to myself and I don't know any other way to be. Yeah. And so whilst you've written in this outline that I, it's going to be one of our greatest challenges going forward, in some ways I see, yes, it is because we might have to have to deal with the fallout of some of those choices where we really don't feel like we have a choice yeah as it were but I think in other ways sometimes we look for the harder decisions because we don't believe it could be that easy it was a very common interpretation because there were certain spiritual teachings around that that you had to become like you know yogis have to become renunciates right you give up all fleshly desires and a physical separation from our world, you know, to want anything or to desire anything is to covet it. Mm. And therefore it is not healthy to want anything. Mm. It's the sort of renunciate. You renounce all things you do not need in order to be spiritual or enlightened. You have to be detached entirely from the world, from your life, from relationships, from money. And only be attached to God. Exactly. Yeah. That you get everything you need. It'll all just be enough. And it's true. And on the one hand, the focus on what you have is enough is enough is a beautiful thing. I mean, we certainly talk about how if your karmic issue teaches that you are not good enough to come to a place where what you have is good enough and who you are is good enough. That's awesome. But oneness, detachment is really just detaching from expectation because all the expectations that we've ever derived from anything, whether it be spiritual or temporal, comes out of 3D judgment and separation, right? In order to be closer to God, you cannot have sex or you cannot have much money or, you know, you've got to be entirely devoted to this ethereal concept and your faith. But oneness accepts that all just is. And within that, oneness is abundance. It is a connection to all, but from a place of 
no expectation. Expectation was really, it was born out of separation. If I do this, then this will result. Now, as we enter fifth dimensional oneness consciousness, expectations don't serve us because they don't apply. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen after you make a choice. No. Because no, if there's no rules, there's no predicted outcomes. Exactly. Everyone is free to do what they want. Exactly. The goal, again, through detachment is to expect as little as possible while being fully aware and knowing what is to come. And it is really difficult to make that distinction. You know, we set off thinking, or, you know, we set out thinking that we're going to accomplish or achieve something. And we base that path on what was effectively, especially for our generations, a 3D world. And that does not, that 3D world cannot operate within 5D, right? So we're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to shift. And along with that, a lot of expectations that came with our earlier plans. And is that why we can't be in flow unless we don't hold expectation? That's right. And the more we listen to ourselves, the more we enable that freedom to listen to ourselves, the closer to joy we come, right? Because we're no longer trying to fit ourselves or contort ourselves to be in a box, to shape our lives in such a way that we're there to please and make other people happy while we make ourselves miserable. It just means that when we are in flow, we are at one with all there is. But the sooner we can really come into our purpose, the sooner we can connect to ourselves in such a way that we do feel a profound sense of, I'm here for something, is the sooner we can really begin to heal. So that's the key. So for people who haven't quite come out of their karma yet, connecting to their purpose will help them finish well, see the, see the fact that your karma also helps point you in the direction of your purpose. Because the more you come into yourself by healing your karma, and the better you know yourself, the more you can grasp your purpose. So anyway. sometimes the bits that cause us the most pain mm-hmm. are the bits we're here to heal personally, mm-hmm. collectively. Can help feed into our purpose. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.